0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny, and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram, or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I am so excited, everybody. We have a special new announcement, and that is that my new can of rosé. So you know I had the four OGs, the I stole Kim's goddamn house. I'm ready to mention it all. I'm ready to flip a table, and now tell me who to check me, boo. Now we have this new, gorgeously purple. That's why my hair is like lightly, like a lightly tinted lilac, Um, because these new purple cans inspired by Potomac that say, drag me, I dare you, are officially on sale today. If you're listening to this, then you can go to no filterwine.com and get my new this is um this it's still the same rose it's still a rosé it's it's a fizzy it's a light crisp fizzy rosé but she's here and she's stronger than she looks she is 14% alcohol by volume so you're going to want to drink responsibly but there's still less than a gram of sugar in it so it's going to be a really strong Rose that you're going to enjoy, and these drag me cans that you can drink while watching the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac, but you're going to want to grab them like today. They're only here for a limited time. They are truly limited edition. So once they sell out, we are out. So you're going to want to stock up today at nofilterwine.com. You can order in time for this, order it today so that you have it in time for this weekend's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. And you're going to want to order a little extra. That way you're stocked for the rest of the season. So get on it. They are on sale noon Pacific time on Monday, August 23rd. Monday, August 23rd, you can you can officially order my new drag me cans. Like I said, 14% alcohol, less than a gram of sugar. Delicious. You're going to get Liddy City. So let's get Liddy City for all the rest of that we have left of summer. And the four OGs, you can always stock up on the four OG cans. They're still available at nofilterwine.com as well. They're also in a, a 14% alcohol by volume because I'm really trying to get you Liddy City. So thank you guys for supporting the wine and for helping me continue to grow this wine brand. I'm excited for this Potomac launch go and order it, limited edition, stock up early because you're gonna wanna make sure you're stocked for Labor Day. Also, book club is officially starting up this week. We are reading Dorinda Medley's Make It Nice. Dorinda Medley's gonna be on the podcast this Wednesday. So be sure to DM me your questions for her. All about New York, The future of New York, current season of New York, her thoughts. I'm going to ask her a lot about the books. if you've read the book, send me questions that you have from the book, please. And Book Club is officially starting this Tuesday. We're going live on Instagram at No Filter with Zach at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. So same time we normally go live every Thursday, but we're now doing it on Tuesday nights. We're kicking off Book Club. We're going to be talking about the first three chapters of Dorinda Medley's Make It Nice. So if you haven't ordered it yet, order right now. And if you have ordered it, make sure you read all three chapters. That way we can break it down and we're going to have a fun time this Tuesday drinking some rosé. We're going to drink. I'm ready to mention it all. So if you have a mention it all, can be sure to bring that this Tuesday. It's going to be delicious. All right. 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. Same time. We go live every Thursday on Instagram at No with Okay. Are you guys ready? We have so much to break down. Um Lisa Rinna might be deposed. Tom... Girardi has been disbarred. Heather Gay is talking about the new season of Salt Lake City. We've had a very explosive season of Beverly Hills. We have Lisa Vanderpump talking about Vanderpump Rules. We have the LA Times writers talking about Erica Jane saying that she got a heads up on the articles. We have a lot to break down today, and we're going to try to break it down as uh, quickly and concisely as possible because we got a big busy week ahead of us. <sighs> Where do we start? Okay, Tom Girardi has been disbarred. That is a... That's a good thing right I mean obviously it's a good thing that he's not practicing he's no longer eligible to practice law which is sort of a big victory I was like really excited when I first read it Emily D Baker was the one that broke the news on her Twitter account go Emily D Baker killing it girl she broke the news and I was like yes this is a victory but then I thought about it and I was like well is this a real victory or is this more procedural like was he ever gonna end up practicing law again probably not He already voluntarily, you know, gave up his license or gave up um, or he was suspended. He wasn't practicing law because of the conservatorship anyway. If he really does have Alzheimer's and dementia, it's highly unlikely that he'll all all of a sudden come into sound mind and be able to start practicing law again. So part of me was a little torn of like, well, this does feel like a victory, but is it really a victory? Because he was never really going to practice law in my book i think it's a win it's it's a good step in hopefully the right direction it's putting a lot of attention on the california state bar it's put a lot of attention on the state of california altogether so hopefully we will continue to see lawyers like him held accountable and you know we'll see we'll see where this actually goes Obviously, we know he's likely not going to be held um, criminally responsible for anything because he's not of sound mind. You can't really discipline a lawyer that is not of sound mind because of the Alzheimer's and dementia unless they're able to prove that that's not actually real and the conservatorship is more of an attempt to protect him. We have yet to see how that all plays out, and it's probably not going to play out anytime soon. It's going to be dragged out as long as it can, I would imagine. So We'll see what happens, but at least for right now, he is disbarred. Thank you, Emily D. Baker, for giving us that news. That was a great weekend update. And hopefully we can continue to hold lawyers like Tom Girardi accountable. Garcelle opened up about her own sister's experience, which was very touching in last week's episode of Real House Housewives of Beverly Hills. So hopefully we will continue to put a spotlight on these lawyers and hold them accountable. Okay, next. Um, okay, I was really unsure... If I wanted to talk about this and if I was going to talk about this, how I wanted to talk about this, but after last week's live on Instagram, which I ended up uploading the audio from last week's Instagram. Let me know if you guys actually like that because we go live every Thursday night, but I don't know if it's even worth uploading the audio to the podcast. It's very informal. We don't have the intro music or anything. It's more of just like on the spot. We cover the news. I do Q&A at the end. A lot of shooting the shit, getting a little tipsy and just kind of having fun. I don't know if you care to get those uploaded onto the podcast or not. Let me know because I don't think I will be doing that, uploading them moving forward. I just thought, you know, if there's a really juicy episode or there's really juicy tea, then I'll I'll tackle it, which is what I did with the Erica Jane financials. Uploaded that to the podcast because we broke down all of the different expenses. Which I later found out that there was a an agency expense. There was a, I think it was about like one point something million going off the top of my head. That was like one point something million spent in fees to one of the agencies for choreographers. Somebody on Instagram ended up finding out that that was actually, Mikey is represented by that agency. So it's looking like that one point something million was part of Mikey's salary that he was getting from EJ Global Expenses. So I I thought that was like a fun little fact. Like as we're starting to dive deeper into these charges and what these companies that she was paying out were, um, we're starting to actually, you know, the pieces are starting to come together, which happens, you know, when information comes out, we dig, we we look into it and then more information starts to to come to fruition. Anyway, in that Instagram live, I speculated and suggested that I believed that the information because the information wasn't public record, it hadn't been filed in court yet, not many people had access to that letter. And it ended up getting leaked to page six. I speculated that it may have been somebody from the trustee, the bankruptcy trustee, someone from that team, probably an investigator. I named Ronald Richards as somebody that I believed may have possibly leaked that information to page six. Now, um, I received some messages from Ronald Richards, and I did not appreciate the messages that I received. I would... I want to clarify that I am not accusing Ronald Richards of anything. Do I know that he leaked that letter to page six? No, that's just a conclusion that I came to because the bankruptcy trustee seem to have been the only side to benefit from leaking that information to the press. Erica's legal team didn't seem to be thrilled that that information got out. Their quote, their response to page six didn't seem like, you know, it was information that they wanted public or at least, you know, if they were expecting it to become public, it wasn't something they were expecting to become public so soon. The, uh, so it seemed like the only side that would have access to something like that, from my own opinion and interpretation of it, would be the bankruptcy trustee as somebody that is often speaking to the press um, and that also has been offered up information myself. I just figured, you know, it, the most logical thing in my book would have been for it to come from that camp. Okay, Especially since, you know, that info wasn't filed in court. Like, nobody, like, very few people even had access to that. But I'm in no way, I want to make it clear, I'm in no way trying to defame Ronald Richards. I have nothing against him. There is no personal vendetta. I just feel that we should all be skeptical. It's natural. Um, I think not questioning things is how Tom Girardi was able to get away with so much. So it's natural for us to have questions and to be skeptical, skeptical about all the players in this. I've consistently said, I don't believe that Erica J is fully innocent. I've consistently said that I don't fully believe all of her stories, but we're waiting for all of this to sort of play out before any judgment is actually passed because yet again, she is yet to be criminally charged with anything. I'm in no way trying to defend her. Um, I'm just trying to look at it from an analytical point of view or from an objective point of view. And I feel like we should all be skeptical. It's natural. Tom Girardi at one point was telling us he's the good guy and he's fighting for the underdog. He had his face on magazines and he, you know, was... Was being praised by the the media and by large political affi- um, large political figures that endorsed him on Watch What Happens Live. You know he very much wanted to be painted as the good guy, um, and he didn't like any time anybody went against that narrative. He obviously tried to intimidate and bully them and use his power and influence. And I think we need to continue to just ask these questions and be skeptical so that we don't enable somebody like Tom Girardi. I'm not trying to say that in any way is Ronald Richards in anything compared to Tom Girardi. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm just saying it's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to ask questions. I have no personal vendetta. I'm not trying to defame him. But he's made himself a very public figure now. He fought for his First Amendment Right in court, to have a Twitter presence. His Twitter is public. He tweets very often. He's doing a lot of press interviews. He's going on podcasts and talking to us weekly and giving quotes to page six. You know, so when things don't add up from my perspective, from my point of view, I have questions to ask. I'm not trying to, there's no intent to harm, there's no malice, there's no intent to defame him or his business or anybody associated with him. Okay, because I did receive a message from him that I really did not appreciate um, where he says, and this is a direct quote from the message that he sent him, I would really regret to have an acrimonious relationship with you. You're much younger than me, but you're pushing a line that you're going to have to pay a big price. You're pushing a line that you're going to pay a big price. He was upset that I suggested that he may have been the one that leaked it to to page six. I don't know about you, but... You're pushing a line that you're going to pay a big price. That sounds like a threat, and I don't appreciate that. I'm not trying to harm anybody. I'm not trying to um, accuse him of anything. If that's how it came off, I apologize. He doesn't like the fact that I call him Ronald McDonald. Moving forward, I will not refer to him by Ronald McDonald. You know, I do like to have some level of integrity for myself. I know I can be a little shady. I know I like to be a little cheeky. I will not refer to him. If that really upsets him that much and people feel like it's me not being nice to him, fine. I will no longer refer to him by Ronald McDonald. I will only refer to him by Ronald Richards. At this point, I don't even know if I want to refer to him by name at all moving forward. You know, I feel like I have a lot of questions. These questions aren't necessarily being answered. I feel like a lot of the points that I made, I still kind of stand by. Um, But again, I will repeat, I am not trying to defame him. I'm not trying to harm his business or his character or His reputation at all. Not my intention. I have zero interest in having a personal vendetta with him. I have zero interest in having an acrimonious relationship with him. As he said with me, I don't care to have any beef with him. But when he throws things out there that don't make sense to me, my job is to question them. And so I will continue to question them, but I will not tolerate threats. I will not tolerate anybody trying to intimidate me or bully me. That is unacceptable. And that is something that I will not stand for. So to me, this sounded like a threat. I don't appreciate it. I won't allow this type of behavior to come forward. And so I'm just going to put that out there. I have no beef to hash with him. I don't care to hash any beef with him. But I do not appreciate anybody telling me that I'm pushing a line and I have a big price to pay and that I, you know, will regret having an acrimonious relationship like that is that is no, I don't appreciate that. And that doesn't make you look any better in my book. So I would appreciate if these threats no longer come to me. Just going to say that. On that same topic, though, um, it looks like Lisa Renna, some new new pre- new information in the press is now suggesting that there may be a deposition with Lisa Renna, that she may be deposed based off of comments that she made on, made on the show because she's defending Erica Jane on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It looks like said lawyer now plans to depose Lisa Rinna for the fact that she's defending Erica on the show and for the fact that they have the same business manager. Is that worthy of a deposition? I don't know. I mean, there's also, you know, a whole thing that we'll break down with Heather Gay and Jen Shaw because Heather Gay just did an interview in Bravo's chat room and how that kind of connects to all of this. Maybe we'll cover that um, a little earlier than I was planning on it. But anyway, so the shared business manager. I understand that like it's a little different now. It's getting a little different from business manager and like talent agents, which was the comparison that I made previously. I since clarified that a little more on Thursday's live. However, um, the argument being made about the same business manager is that it's a privacy issue that Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane share the same business manager because that business manager would, that it's uncommon of somebody to share a business manager because that business manager, people won't share business manager because they would likely share their find their information. And people don't want information about their business leaked to their friends. And that's the privacy issue, which to me didn't really make sense because I just think of like when we lower it down and I always like look here's the thing I, I don't I have no I am not a fan of anybody in on the the game board right now I don't think anybody is innocent yet I think some people are a lot more guilty than others and we have proof of that but I also like I always like to take a step back I don't like to come from a, a fan position or a stand position I like to just look at the, the full game board the full table objectively make observations and then see how the game all shakes out in the end. In this case, do I think that Lisa Renan defending her friend is worthy of a deposition? No. Like... Heather Gay, like I said, was just on Bravo chat room saying she believes Jen Shaw because Jen Shaw is her friend. And is Heather Gay now going to be deposed as well because she's saying that I believe my friend and my job is is not is to. And she says that she's, you know, asked Jen questions, whether or not Jen's innocent or not is beside the fact. But like, should Heather Gay be deposed for defending Jen Shaw? Like that kind of just like what information do you hope to find? Or is this just a wild goose chase for press and attention? Like those are just kind of the questions that I have that I'm saying out loud as I'm commenting on this case, not making any accusations, just making astute observations from an objective perspective. But my the way I look at it with the business manager is it's just like, well, I mean, if I, if my neighbor refers me to their tax person, which I've had friends that I've said, Hey, I'm looking for a new tax person that have referred me to someone that can help me with my taxes. Does that then mean that I went to this tax person and was, and had access to my friend's financial records? No. Does that mean that this tax person gave me the salary that my friend makes? No. Like, I feel like. There's a, an industry, there's a professional standard that people have in any industry, whether you're a business manager or a CPA or an accountant or a bookkeeper or a plumber. Like you don't just disclose information from one client to another client just because what they're friends. Like who does that? Like what business managers like, Oh, just because I have two clients that happen to be friends, I'm going to share financial information about each other's businesses or move the money around. Like it just doesn't. I don't know, call me naive, but I've never heard of an instance where somebody would refuse representation from a business manager because they were afraid that that business man- manager was going to disclose. Like you have to sign confidentiality agreements, especially when dealing with celebrities, there are NDAs involved. Like there are so many, like I've had to sign so many confidentiality agreements and NDAs and like there are just things you just, you know, you. there's that protection, there's that element of protection that to me, I don't think there's any reason to depose Lisa Renna. Why? Because on the reality show, she says, yeah, I support my friend. Like, and whether or not she supports her friend or believes her friend, like that's also kind of beside the, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's a silly from my perspective. It seems like a goose chase. It seems like a wild goose chase. Maybe the assets could be, or the, you know, efforts could be focused elsewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it is interesting in watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't fully understand the blind support. The same way I don't fully understand Heather Gay's blind support. I've tried to put my myself in their shoes, and if like if I had a close friend that was being accused of things, like yeah, I think I would want to believe them. I think I would want to ask them certain questions, and I would want to, you know, support them. Heather Gay, in her interview on uh, Bravo's chat room, she says. Um, She says that she's talked to Jen about the case, but she has said, I have one job and my job is not to defend her. It's not to judge her. It's not to prosecute her. It's to make her feel or it's not to make her feel bad about what she's done. It's to be her friend. And she believes that even if Jen is convicted, that there's a possibility that Jen can redeem herself. I mean, that seems that seems to me a little like blind loyalty. I don't fully understand blind loyalty. But if I were in a position where my friend were telling me that they were innocent and this was the case, I feel like I would want to support my friend as well. Heather Gay does also get into further details about what happened when the feds showed up at Beauty Lab on Salt Lake City. She spilled some tea. Um which she said she's been dying to talk about, and she finally gets to talk about it publicly. But she says that it all happened in live, real-time, active filming. We were all together. Jen was there. We were getting ready to leave for a cast trip, and we were just sitting at Beauty Lab, getting our last-minute things, making sure everything is squared away, and Jen had to leave, and then everything happened. And she was just and she was saying that she was worried because she was holding and she was pinned against a wall. And so she was terrified. And like, it sounds like it's actually going to be juicy. And I hope we get to see some of that footage or a lot of that footage or we get like the, you know, the confessionals that really give us the full details on that. But in reference back to Beverly Hills, I thought this was an interesting episode. Like I said on the live, I think everybody's perspective at that table was valid. I think I sided with Sutton. I sided with Garcelle. I understood Dorit's kind of flip floppy position. I don't know if I necessarily liked it. Um, I do think she flip flopped a bit. I think Kyle wasn't as brave as she was the other night. I understand where they're coming from because they're also kind of like this woman walked in and she, Erica, seemingly is really defeated. Um, do I think Erica was tipped off? Yes, I do believe Erica was tipped off about the night before or about the the night at, at Dorit's house. Maybe it was by Kyle. Maybe she was tipped off by Renna I don't think that's uncommon, though. I think a lot of the times they tip each other off. I think that's why... She didn't drink that night. I think she was trying to keep her composure. Maybe that's part of the reason she drove herself there was to make sure that she didn't drink. Or I mean, some people are are thinking that she may have driven herself to Kyle's house to paint this picture that like she can't afford you know, to, ha- to be driven there. But I feel like we're all pretty keen to the fact that we know that like Bravo provides those cars for them. So I don't know if that would be, I don't know. I didn't fully, I didn't understand why she drove herself to Kyle's house. The only thing that I can, like, is maybe she did think that that would in some way gain her some sympathy, possibly. My thing is, is it's probably related to her not drinking, and it was probably her attempt to stay composed and to stay, to keep herself from snapping emotionally, like she snapped at Eileen, or we've seen her snap at Teddy when they were out to dinner and they were drinking as well. Like, maybe she knows she has that tendency, and she was like, I need to be in control. I need to make sure I'm careful with what I say. Like, maybe that was part of it. I also think maybe she she took, like, an antidepressant or something, or an antidepressant. Sorry, not antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication because she was very monotone. She was very... There was no animation in her at all Um, the entire night. I think she may have been on something. Maybe she didn't want to mix that with alcohol. I don't know. I do think it was strange. I do think that she was tipped off. And I do think part of the reason she didn't... She chose to not drink, which may be related to the reason she chose to drive herself, is related to the fact that, you know, she wanted to make sure she was composed and in control of what was going on i think that's possible she was very monotone she was very emotionless maybe i mean it did seem like she was a little defeated but again that could have also been anti-anxiety medication no accusations just speculation um but yeah it all i also found it interesting that Casey on her podcast reality life she had on um the Harriet Ryan and Matt Hamilton, who are the two authors of the LA Times article, and they said on her podcast that they believed that she knew that the article was going to be coming out, which is what I said that, like, usually you get a heads up. You're not blindsided by these articles, especially when you're a subject in the article, because they try, they usually have to reach out to you to get a quote. So. They said that they believe that Erica, um, they did reach out to her, her representation. They reached out to a lot of people around her. So they would assume that she did have a heads up about the article before it dropped. So which could also be part of the reason she ended up leaving too early. You usually, well, I guess sometimes you do usually get like a run date or a 24 hour time span of when you think it's going to come out. And she could have also been tipped off by maybe a publicist or somebody close to her that's like, hey, I think the article is dropping today or I think the article is going to drop tomorrow or something. There are a lot of threats that have been coming or not a lot but she posted about one account in particular that was sending her death threats which I found interesting because Heather McDonald commented on on Instagram about it saying that like oh I wish people would stop pretending like these death threats are actually real they're just like unhinged fans that are basically like wishing you you know wishing you would die but it's not an actual death threat. I did think that Heather's comment was a little I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have necessarily commented that. And I can't believe I'm even going to say that I kind of understand where Heather's coming from in the sense that a lot of people are like, just die. Like people post things like that. It's not a direct threat. I do feel a little differently about these messages only because it feels like here. Let me actually let me pull up the actual message that was sent to Erica that she was very bothered by. It was a, a comment that saying that she needed to be executed. And then the same account went and said, feeling scared, the further the season gets, the more you look worried about being in pub. the more you should be worried about being in public. Talk about a marked woman. That when somebody comments that you need to be executed and then DMs you, like that to me goes a little further than just, oh, you should just die or go under a rock and die. Like those types of comments like that to me seems a little more threatening. I still kind of agree with Heather McDonald that like it's not a blatant threat. It's not this person like directly threatening your life. But at the same time, the tone of that message, like I'm a little in the middle where I'm like, I can understand like if I received a message like that, like I've received messages and stuff from people that have kind of worried me a little bit. And I know that, like, at the end of the day, does this person know where I live? Like, you know, you ask yourself all those questions. But, I mean, I still don't think, whether or not the threats are real or not, I don't think it makes it okay. I don't even like when people send messages like, just die, or go under a rock and die, or, you know, you need to, be, you should be executed. Like, even those types of things. Like, I don't think that that's okay. I don't think that that's appropriate in any instance. Is this guy directly threatening Erica's life? Maybe not. But I understand how you may want to be a little cautious when messages like that come in. Lisa Brennan obviously went and spoke out in defense of Erica, so that's what it is. And you know, I don't think that those messages are appropriate. I don't think it's it's appropriate to send anybody any sort of threatening messages, regardless of who they are or what you think they're, they've done. Tis what it is. All right. I think that's all the tea we have. We talked about Tom Girardi getting disbarred. Um, We talked about Beverly Hills. We talked about, oh, Lisa uh, Vanderpump. Uh, She talked about Vanderpump rules and she said Brock Davies is going to be, she's been doing interviews lately. And she said that Brock Davies is going to be in some hot water this season and that the cast has a really rocky road with him. But she wishes wishes Sheena well. She wishes that that Brock is the one for Sheena, which to, to me maybe thinks that she may think that he, that uh, Brock isn't the one for Sheena. So I think that'll be interesting to see their relationship sort of play out. I know a lot of people think that Brock is really thirsty and with Sheena for the attention and the clout. Well, I'm getting more excited about Vanderpump Rules as we're getting closer to it. Lisa said that she also was previously ignored by Stassi when Stassi was first fired, but she ran into Stassi recently and they had a friendly run-in. So that seems good to me. I'm excited about Vanderpump Rules. I actually, from what I've heard so far, from all the things that I've heard so far in like the news and what the cast has been saying in certain interviews um, and the beef that was was started before going into the new season, I'm excited. I'm actually looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach and get the new Potomac wine. Drag me, I dare you, on sale today. www.nofilterwine.com. Go to nofilterwine.com. Order the new Potomac cans, or you can order any of the OG, the four OG cans. Love you guys. Thank you guys for all the support. Please continue to give those five star reviews. Grab a copy of Dorinda's book. Get ready for book club this Tuesday. We're going live on Instagram this Thursday, both at 6 30 p.m. Pacific, 9 30 Eastern. Get ready. A lot more tea to be spilled. Slide into my DMs with your questions for Dorinda. I'll probably post on the Instagram story with an open call for questions. So expect that. Join our private Facebook group if you want to get more exclusive tea and to just chat with other like-minded tea sippers like myself. Link is in the description below. Love you guys. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Bye.